Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flips through the pages of history to deliver old news in a new way. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're talking about the life and times of Anne Franklin, a colonial newspaper editor who proved that a woman can run a business just as well as a man, if not better. The day was August 22nd, 1762. At the age of 65, Anne Smith Franklin became the sole editor and publisher of the Newport Mercury newspaper. The new role made her the country's first female newspaper editor. It was a notable achievement, but one tinged with sadness, as it had only been made possible by the premature deaths of her husband and son. In early America, inheriting an occupation or title from a male relative was one of the few ways that a woman could excel in male-dominated fields like business or politics. However, once given the chance, Anne Franklin proved the absurdity of such restrictions. With her newfound independence and authority, she was able to grow the Rhode Island business into something bigger and better than it had ever been before. Anne Smith was born in Boston, Massachusetts on October 2, 1696. Little is known about her early life, except that she was well-educated and brought up in the Puritan religion. When she was 26 years old, she married James Franklin, an author and printer, as well as the older brother of Benjamin Franklin. 
Using a printing press he had imported from England, James established the New England Courant, one of the oldest and the first truly independent American newspapers. His wife Anne and brother Benjamin worked side by side with him on the paper, which quickly developed a reputation for its anti-Puritan views. These allegedly wicked articles often got James into trouble, including one time in 1722 when he was jailed for libel for a full month. A year later, the Boston General Assembly banned the publication of the Corrent unless its contents were reviewed and approved prior to its publication. James ignored the attempted censorship and kept right on printing his incendiary opinions. However, the public calls for censorship proved unrelenting, so in 1727, James and Anne packed up their printing press and moved to the more open-minded town of Newport, Rhode Island. Once settled, the couple established the colony's very first print shop and also started a family together. They had five children while living in Newport, only three of whom lived to adulthood. A few years later, on September 27, 1732, James and Anne launched Rhode Island's very first newspaper, the Rhode Island Gazette. While James handled much of the writing, Anne helped out by setting type, running the press, and selling their newspapers and other printed materials. The paper wound up folding after less than one year, but the print shop continued to operate. One of the Franklin's most successful publications was the Rhode Island Almanac, which was compiled mostly by James and published under the pseudonym Poor Robin. Almanacs were quite popular at the time, providing readers with all sorts of useful information, including weather forecasts, tide tables, and planting schedules for farmers. The Franklin's business remained modest, but continued to turn a profit for several years. Sadly, in 1735, James Franklin passed away after a long illness. He was only 38 years old. After his passing, Anne took full control of the printing business, though she had a tough time earning enough money to support her children. A year later, she asked the Rhode Island General Assembly to grant her a contract as the official printer of the colony. Her heartfelt plea read as follows. Your petitioner, being left with several small children, which is a great charge to her, and having not sufficient business at the printing trade, humbly praise your honors will grant her the favor to print acts of the colony and what other things shall be lawful and necessary to be printed, in order for your petitioner's support and maintenance of her family, she having no other way to support herself. The request was granted, and Anne got the job as official printer of the colony a position she would hold until her death. Operating under the imprint of the Widow Franklin, Anne printed all sorts of official documents, including election ballots, legal forms, paper currency, and copies of the colony's charter. She also accepted private orders, printing everything from religious sermons and advertisements to popular British novels. In 1738, she began writing and printing new editions of the Rhode Island Almanac, becoming the first woman to do so. A few years later, she retired the series and began selling her brother-in-law's more famous Poor Richard's Almanac instead. In the 1740s, Anne's son, James Jr., traveled to Philadelphia, where he worked as an apprentice in his Uncle Benjamin's print shop. Meanwhile, Anne's other surviving children, daughters Mary and Elizabeth, 
trained under their mother as typesetters. James Jr. returned to Newport in 1748, at which point the family business was renamed to the Anne and James Franklin print shop. The business flourished with the mother-son duo at the helm, and by 1758, the Franklins were doing well enough to start up a new weekly newspaper, the Newport Mercury. James Jr. served as the paper's editor and publisher, while Anne, who was semi-retired at that point, contributed copy. She was ready to step away entirely, satisfied that her children were more than capable of carrying on the family business, but fate had other plans. In the early 1760s, Anne lost all three of her surviving children in quick succession. When James Jr. died in the summer of 1762, she faced a heart-rending choice. She could either push through her grief and poor health and return to the printing press herself, or she could settle into retirement and let her and her son's paper die with him. In the end, Anne chose the former, and the Newport Mercury didn't miss a single issue. She officially assumed the role of editor and publisher on August 22, 1762, marking what's believed to be the first time a woman ran a newspaper in the United States. Due to her failing health, Anne took on a partner, Samuel Hall, in late 1762. She passed away on April 16th of the following year, at which point Hall took over as publisher. Anne's obituary was published in the Mercury, where she was described as a woman of great, quote, economy and industry, who supported herself and her family, and brought up her children in a genteel manner. Although the language used is a little stuffy, the obituary rightly draws attention to Anne's role as a single mother, because it's well worth remembering that while she was breaking boundaries as one of the country's first female entrepreneurs, she was also single-handedly raising three children. She also seems to have balanced those responsibilities remarkably well. As a businesswoman, she maintained steady, lucrative contracts for decades, and as a publisher, she provided a community service, disseminating vital news and information throughout the colony. That publication, the Newport Mercury, endured for more than two centuries after her death. It changed forms several times over the years, but ultimately ceased publication entirely in August of 2019. The cancellation marked the end of one of the oldest operating newspapers in the country, and the first to have been run by a woman. It's worth noting, though, that Anne Smith Franklin didn't set out to build a legacy. She was just trying to provide a living for her family. She wound up doing both, though, because while the paper she co-founded may be gone, her contributions to journalism and to American society are alive and well. The proof is all the women's names you'll find in your favorite magazines, books, and news sites. Thanks to trailblazers like Anne Franklin, those jobs were open to them. No dead loved ones required. Now that's progress. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them directly to me at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.